Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Every good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wilwoody Sports Day SA. All thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris end of financial year deal has been extended to the 31st of July. Get up to $3,000 free accessories on Polaris Rangers. Big day in sport. Ryan Burton saying he hates the Crows. The Bomb Boys don't want their, well, their figures or the, their picture, if you like, on a trophy. And it's all happening. So welcome the great man, Malcolm Jack Blight. Blighty, how are you? Hi, David Wildy. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, there's a bit going on. Can I just can we get back to those in a minute? I just want to mention something today because this doesn't happen very often. You know, there's milestones in the game, yes. players' milestones, and and we all love them. Um, but there's a coaching milestone this this week. Chris Scott, dual premiership coach, current premiership coach, coaches his 305th game uh, for the Geelong Football Club. It is a record. Now, if you anyone that knows anything about the history of the Geelong Football Club. Reg Hickey held every record there. Player, coach, premierships, goodness knows what else. He did 304 games. So Chris passes the the great Reg Hickey for all those Geelong... And I know there's a lot of Geelong supporters in Adelaide. Um, it's a great effort, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? it is. And you know what? He's got the best record win ratio. He's going to keep going. So will that get better or worse? Around 70%. 68.75%. Of all coaches that have coached over 100 yeah. games, he's got the best record. And... Uh, I just should mention the others. Mark Thompson's in third place on 260 games, also a premiership coach. Dual, dual premiership. premiership coach. And uh, there's a bloke in fourth spot. Uh, M- MJ Blight. M. Blight. He can quite get the flags, but we got to some grand finals. So it's a, I won't put my name in that because that would be so unfair. How many games you do? 145. Okay. About 62% win ratio or something like that. And you did... Um 50 for the Crows? Was it 70, 70 something. I got 70, did you? Yeah, 74 or something like that. Anyhow, enough of that. Um, so that, all I wanted to do was say... Well done. Well done to Chris Scott. You know, he's, I think he's, he's been fantastic. The Geelong Football Club have had very few coaches. And the, the thing I'm getting at amongst them as well is, you know, there's a lot of people that have actually coached a lot of games. They really look after their own down there. And I think it's an exemplary what a lot of other clubs should have done. Actually, since you went there in 89? 89. Since then, they've had some unbelievable players, too. Some of the best players ever. Yep. And particularly perhaps with, you know, Gary Ablett and Scarlett, yep. Bartell, these yep. sort. But you had some wonderful players. Uh, Geelong have done it well. They're the Punch most, above their weight. Since that time, since the AFL was in existence, uh, they're the most winningest club. Winningest club, Okay. If you want to give us a call, one 736 736 one Now, we do have a showdown, don't we? We've talked about it a lot this week already. Uh, showdown 54. Port Adelaide lead 27-26. to 26. The great rivalry in football. We know that. 
And as I mentioned last night, Collingwood and Carlton have a very, very similar rivalry. And the games aren't that much different. They've done it for a lot longer, though. Yeah, they have, 27-26. Yeah. But um, can, let's start with the, the Bond boys. You you coached one of the Bonds played in the Premiership with you, Troy. Yes. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed here. Um, they've been used, if you like, as a figurehead on a trophy Yep. From when they played, they, it's also a picture of them hugging each other, it's which great. is great. One of yeah. the great. I'm not sure what's started all the hoo ha now. The the through Greg Griffin, they are or they they're talking about legal action against Port Adelaide and the Adelaide Crows. I would have thought you'd be honoured, given the what clubs do for you. Sometimes you got to give a little bit back. I thought you'd be honoured to have the brothers on any sort of trophy. I mean, your name's been on plenty of trophies, mm. and your doll's been put on. I mean, you think to me that's that's an honour. That's not uh, anything nasty or bad. Or should you get my permission? If they don't like it, if they don't like that, take them off. I'll be quite strong. You take them off and put someone that wants to be on there. Other people that have done, and to be fair, perhaps done a lot more for the Adelaide and Port Adelaide footy clubs as well. Yeah, no, it's, I, yeah, one it is iconic though. I mean, having been involved oh, with both marvelous. the boys, and you but know, that's why they should embrace it. Yeah, but I, I, the thing that just always mystifies me when we do it retrospectively. Why wasn't this done at the time in 2018? I remember it clearly, uh, and I thought, oh, what a great idea. And I think both Troy and um, Shane, Shane uh, thought it was a great idea yeah, as well. Yeah, so where's it changed? Yeah, I, yeah I, just, I would have thought maybe there was someone talked to them about it and they would have given their okay. Uh, maybe that wasn't the case. I, I don't know. It wasn't at any meeting. I don't know where well, that if, goes. If it's legal, the only thing you could be thinking is there'd be they want a they want to pay out for it or want to be paid for it. Yeah. If that's the case, once again, I'd, I'd say, you know what? We'll take it off and um what I think you had a suggestion the captains, the inaugural captains of the first showdown or some of the stars of the showdowns, some of the played some have played um you know 2022 20, showdowns things like that. We do live in a commercial reality world, David. And if you're using your likeness, I would say that 99% of the population would say, well, if you're using me as a promotion for your product, and don't forget AFL football is a product, maybe maybe they do deserve something. I guarantee if they ask you or Mark Bickley to go on, I think Bix would be honoured, and so would you, the coach and the, the captain of the first couple of premierships. So I just see it as... a why Why wasn't there a hoo-ha back in 18? Why didn't oh, that's they what I, I, uh, have, I, a, have a settlement then? Or yeah, do you I don't to... know. I don't know. That, that's the You'd have to ask the boys and the people in charge at the time. It's not that long ago, really. There's still a lot of people involved, I would suggest. So, I, But it is a commercial reality if you're using your likeness. Oh. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine the greatest basketballer in the world, Michael Jordan, when they use his image somewhere? Do you reckon it's done for free? Oh, I suppose Greg Griffin's saying they've uh, wrongful, they've lost um, whatever damages. You know, they could have could have made this or, or whatever. But I, as I said, I'm, I'm quite strong on this. If you don't want to be on there, don't want to be on there. Take it off, um, sort it out with the clubs, and and they'll be forgotten. I mean, this way they're not forgotten. They're on that trophy. Yeah. You can't get better than that. Ryan Burton, you ever, you ever hated anyone, bloody? Um, no. You've been in footy a long while. Not so, hate's a rotten word, isn't it? Sometimes, well, yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, but no, not really. I mean, you've, you've disliked what's happened to you, or you've disliked someone because they're beating you, or you not so much dislike. You actually just want to get better at it. Hawthorne so, were your great rival. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, it? but I didn't actually. No, we didn't. Didn't hate them. Yeah, no, no, we just want to bloody beat them. 
Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of respect. Yeah, you dislike them oh. because you want to beat them. Oh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was a little bit surprised. Um, Mark Bickley's responded to the comments of Ryan Burton. If he feels like there's that sort of, um, you know, that hate there and that's what the Port Adelaide Footy Club feel, it's interesting where he said both clubs feel it. He's talking on behalf of Adelaide there. I've never heard an Adelaide player say they hate Port Adelaide. It seems to be a one-way, it seems to be a us-against-them mentality mm. that they've tried to generate. So I've got a feeling it's a little bit of little bit of little brother and big brother, isn't it? What do you mean by that? Well, Port Adelaide little brother. Why are Port Adelaide the little brother? Well, because they came into the competition later than Adelaide. Come on, Walshie. That's why the little brother put on picks. Can I just say, I've never heard Port Adelaide being called little brother before. Have you? I mean, I know. In the AFL, perhaps, I have. Because they came in, what, six years later? Yeah. They were the little brother, always trying to... You you won the premierships before they did, so they followed on. And right at the moment, they're the big brother. Yeah, but hang on. After the first showdown, mate, they were they weren't. There was, I know who the little brother was. Oh, that's probably just Bix's way of. Well, <laughs> no, to, no I, th- I think it's cute. shooting it no, down. No, no, I just think it's cute. I just never thought of Port Adelaide being little brother. They came into the competition after the Crows, and that was it. Got Daryl Wakeland. Um, oh, yes. On a bit later, talking about Mark Bickley, Daryl Wakeland. There was an incident in itself. Poor old yeah. Daryl came off uh, second yeah. best there, but and also Dizzy Gillespie. Oh. He was there for the first couple of test matches. Yeah, I'll be, about I'll, yeah I'll be interesting to see what he's got to say there. Now, the other thing is, I've, I have read today, I think, uh, a bit of commentary from some Port Adelaide players about the Crows' win in round three. And I just reading between the lines, I just got the feeling that Port Adelaide weren't that happy about that happening. Um, what, <laughs> about losing? Yeah, or? about losing. Well. And they think they might have... I'm not. I'm not. I shouldn't say this. No one said that. This is my words only. They might have fluked at Adelaide winning Ooh. in round three. My words, just reading between the lines, and I might be wrong. So they won by five goals in the yeah, end. Yeah, but flukes. Oh, I suppose five goal fluke. <laughs> um, I mean, Port Adelaide last week's this, but the Adelaide they start a little bit behind. I think in if if everything's fair and level, it's not this week, bloody when you. Rankin played a, a big part in that first showdown. They've he lost. Did. They've lost one of their pillars down back but, in Murray. Oh, Murray, he's, he's, I reckon he's the most improved defender in the competition. I know you, you talk Sam Taylor now from Genoa's. I always knew he was a good player. He's already been a good most player. most improved. Yeah, yeah. that's no, fair. I, I just he was just really rising to everything I ever saw him do. Now Willie Rioli's going to play. No. Uh, no, he's no, he got the one week. Got one, one week. Sorry, he's, he's okay for yeah, next week. Yeah, he's okay for next week. That's what I did there. And the other thing is, Andrew Capel wrote a story in this morning in the Advertiser regarding Brody Grundy to Port Adelaide. How do you sit with that? I think they need a ruckman, and Brody needs to ruck pretty well on his own. <clears throat> he needs to do eighty percent. That's why with Gorn, it's not a great marriage, really. Um, yeah, I'd go for him, but I reckon the Crows could go for him too. Why is it just Port Adelaide? put their hand up for they want a big defender or... I, I, th- I think the rationale was uh, Scott Lysett's 31 now. Yes. Uh, you know, he's, Riley O'Brien's not young. No, but he's He'd not. He'd be 29. Yeah, but that's perfect. He's still got plenty of footy left in that. Who's a better player, Grundy or Riley O'Brien? One's I, been All-Australian. Yeah, I know. One, yeah, one's won the best and fairest. The other yeah. one has too. So, oh, no, I, I think on... Yeah, oh, I Brody, think Brody Grundy. He's a better player. Yeah, he has been. And you don't need to be picking up a salary from... That'd be the third club. I mean, he's a South Australian boy. Yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think Adelaide 
would be negligent if they didn't have a crack at Brody Grundy too. How, how would it look at the Melbourne Football Club with Brody saying, "Well, look, uh, this is not quite working out." Max Gorn's uh, going. Well, it's not. It's, oh, mind you, Max Gorn's thirty-two, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's right. And he nearly did his knee again for the yeah. third time. So, hey, just before we go to break, what a play! You talk about taggers, and everyone at some time has to have an opponent. Love the response of Nick Dacos. He talks about getting tagged. Love playing little mind games. Um, Fly will tell me that he'll tell the opposition to tag me, um, which I'm all good for. I think if I'm getting tagged, I, I actually think it allows another teammate to get off the leash and we're ultimately a better team. So um, I look forward to the challenge on the weekend. Will and Drew, really good player, really good tagger. Um, and it was just grind away the whole game, keep working hard. Um, and yeah, lay blocks, get blokes like Geordie and Pendles out. So it's a good challenge and I think we're better off for it. Refreshing, I thought. Yeah, well, it's, he played well. Or yeah, I tried hard. And you know what? One of the problems is all that. And anyone's everyone says now you're untaggable because of rotation. I've I've called that a lot of rubbish too. You know, of course you're taggable, and and you do limit yourself. But see, Nick Dacos, if you're in a good team, you actually refer the pain, and then someone else does the work. So. I mean, you're not going to get 45 with someone tagging you, but you can get a 25 handy and your mate gets 30 or 40. Yeah, he still played well. Just yeah. hang on there, Malcolm. We'll come back after the break. But coming up on the show, thanks to Kian Lumo, key official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup and Lumo Energy SA. Join Lumo Energy today. We have got Dizzy Gillespie and also Daryl Wakeland, a big show to come. And if you want to give us a call, one 736 736 the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wilde. You can try mate for $1 and get double data on selected mobile plans. Malcolm, thanks for waiting. I just wanted to talk about the great man, my hero, in Fred Block. Uh, we sadly lost Chocker this week with dementia. Um, Chocker was unique, uh, you know, leader of a uni footy club for thirty over thirty years. So you're looking at three hundred odd people playing footy for Adelaide Uni each year, which Chocker gave every single player a nickname. Um, you know, honestly, uni presentations weren't about. David Wildey or Malcolm Blight kicking 10 goals. It was what song, what stupid act you'd done this week. It was a vaudeville act through Chocker. Uh, Wills, I don't know if you met Chocker through North Pass player shows at all or anything. Um, but, yeah, it's a sad, obviously a really sad day, but it's been a reflection. I've been overwhelmed. I've probably uh, really been hardly off my iPad or phone since 10.30 on Monday. I've had messages from Boston, uh, India, Sri Lanka, probably 30-odd countries, people asking for how much notice can you give for the funeral. And it's, it's really been and shown the impact Chocker's had on Barry, so many. Barry Robin, I met today, for had a coffee yep. and a cake because we've got a medal function at um, North Adelaide next week. Freddie, Freddie Block, uh, obviously Barry knew him well, but he said in the first trial match he played, yeah, he played yeah. against Freddie Block, and Barry said he was running around everywhere, running the wrong spots, and and going, you know, flat flat uh, tack. And Freddie <laughs> grabbed him as they walked in and said, "Barry, you know, there's still a second half." 
<laughs> it just sort of conserved the energy. And he said he still remember that. He said, uh, Freddie said, yeah, yeah, he's emailed that the great one has yeah. emailed me with that yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a good so I've story. A, I've had a few conversations with with the famous number 10 this week. Um, you know, Chocker uses the line that he saw uh, Barry play in a reserves game and promptly retired. Uh, Chocker has always used that line. And, yeah, look, he was gregarious to the life of every single party, Chocker. His laugh, uh, you know, he... And uni footy club is just very much. Chocker's line was, "If winning's all there, is, all there is about it, we don't want anything to do with it." And re, anyone who just absolutely hammered the honour of playing for the love of the game and the Guernsey, and for nothing else, it was Chocker. Mm. Thanks for that, Malcolm. Yeah, yeah I read Freddie that. Block. Thanks, yeah, I read boys. That this yeah. morning, yeah, I watched him play at Woodville Oval when I was a kid. Um, yeah, he was the most distinctive player. Lost in the wash thanks to Toolkit yeah. Depot. Gear up for winter at Toolkit Depot. Huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter workwear. David, I should mention that the FIFA Women's World Cup, now it's on tomorrow, Australia playing Nigeria at Suncourt Stadium in Brisbane. Look now, the injuries. What, yeah, What's going on? Well, Mary Fowler, who was, who's the next Sam Kerr, as they say, and a girl, Aviva, Aviva Liuk, I think I, I probably got that wrong, they're both out with concussion in training incidents. Now, I'm sort of in separate incidents. It's it's really a bizarre. So you'd have to think that's a, a body collision, not just heading a ball or something no, like that. No, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so, so they've training. lost their, the, the goal scorer from the last game and, and the other player. Of course, uh, Sam Kerr's still out. Yeah. Will she come back? Some some reckon so, they're hiding that. Yeah. Might not play in the whole World Cup with a calf. Oh, what a shame. What an absolute shame yeah. that is. Big wow. game. and. As you know, in soccer, you only need one goal, bloody, to win it. So Nigeria could be dangerous. I, I think I'm still right with that. One of the most common scores is 1-0. One one nil. Nil. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Probably followed by a nil-nil. Probably. Yeah. And then, uh, what, 2-1. Well, didn't you say the most common number of games in football played is... One game. One. Yeah. Incredible. Okay, now you got the coaches' votes. Bit of an update. Yeah, look, just quickly in the leaderboard. I haven't done this in the last couple of nights, but I thought after looking at today with the showdown on, I thought, well, where are the Port Adelaide players and the Crows players in the top 16? 16 on the leaderboard. Nick Dacos leads with 99 from Petrarca. But in third spot, Zach Butters from Port Adelaide with 77 votes. In sixth spot with 72 votes is Connor Rosie. So you catch it up. Yeah. Now... In 16th spot is Dan Houston, which, you know, that's pretty good. He's got 50 votes. So, I mean, he's, 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 in the, he's in the mix. One Adelaide player only sitting in 11th spot. Dawson? Is correct, wait. Jordan Dawson at 62 votes. So, I mean, it probably sums up the years and number of wins at the moment. Port Adelaide with three in the top 16 of the coaches' votes and Adelaide one, vote, uh, one the, player. More I think about the, the brown loaf, Dacos doesn't win it. I think the nearest... Oh, hang on, hang on. You said he was a certainty. I, I still think he is. Okay. But if he doesn't, yeah, there's always something can happen. He's 99% sure, I think. I think it's going to be Bontempelli or Petrarca. The only two I can see that consistently yeah. could... i tell you what, my little boy in Brisbane, Lockie Neal... Still, you reckon, sitting, do you? He's sitting in fifth spot with 73 votes. He's not that far off. I don't reckon he's had the quite the dominant year. Of... Yeah, but he, he's run first, second and third in the last three years. They know he's there. What Might he does be fourth, is fourth this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. Hey, <laughs> you'd oh. love to see the Bond, oh. wouldn't you? Oh, I'd love to see any one of them. They're he's all a... very, very good players. Yeah, an interesting thing. Might talk about tomorrow about clearances. Some of yeah. the so-called great salmon. Do oh, they get out of the yeah. centre square, bloody? We'll do that. Been doing a bit of homework yep. too. But So Dacos leads... 
Bontepelli's up there. Petrarca's yeah. up there as Butters. well. And Butters. And Butters not far away also. Connor Rosie. Hey, we've got a big show still to come. Looking forward to Daryl Wakeland talking all things showdown. He's a star, Daryl Wakeland. And Dizzy Gillespie has just been across to see the first two test matches. Looking forward to speaking with Dizzy. This is Sports Day SA. This is Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey for Signet. Power every moment with a Signet power bank. You can power every moment with a Signet power bank. Keep your devices powered this season. Visit signet.com. Well, one of our SEN commentators, good lad too, enjoyed doing the port games with Daryl Wakeland, a wonderful player in his own right. And we saw one of the games of the year, if not the game of the year last week. Didn't go port's way, but uh, I think footy was the winner. Daryl, welcome. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Worlds. Fantastic. Yeah, great game of footy, wasn't it? Could have gone either way, went to the wire, um, and they kept up the intensity, both teams, for the entire four quarters. Yeah, there was obviously a lot of build-up to the game, so I think everyone was hoping that it would at least go deep into that fourth, fourth quarter, or at least get through to three-quarter time, and, and then it's open from there on, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, it went around, right down to the wire, and... Um, Collingwood just had their nose in front, didn't they? They were just, just a superb team. I think they probably just had a little bit more class than Port Adelaide on Saturday night, but um, crack a game. Darrell, I, I, gee, from my point of view, and, and a lot of others, Port Adelaide haven't lost any admirers, though. I mean, that could go any other way the next time they start, probably, probably in the finals. Yeah, true, bloody. It was just one of them games, wasn't it? You, when it got to with about 10 minutes to go, you thought... Okay, for every minute that, that that counts down here, there's going to be maybe two two big moments every minute, and um, it got right down to that last three minutes, and there was you know just some incredible moments in that last three minutes, uh, no better than Elliot, um, and then on the downside, that Farrell just couldn't quite clunk it, one grab as you say, Blight, he couldn't quite take it that one grab, and may have may have. Um, at least had a shot on goal. Yeah, now, this week in Adelaide, you know it very, very well. Um, number 54 showdown coming up. The score's 27 Port Adelaide, 26 Adelaide. I, I reckon you're aware of that. Now, I looked at your record today. You played in 14 showdowns. Now, freakishly, you won your first six you played in. But by the time you'd finished, it was 8-6 Port Adelaide's favour over the Adelaide Crows. So... Congratulations on getting Port Adelaide to the front, as you did. Good on you, Blighty. Nice to bring that one up. But, um, yeah, I mean, we played through all that. played in the uh, the final as well, that, oh, that unmemorable one for Port Adelaide. Five. Yeah. yeah, and they just smashed it. So Adelaide were playing great footy through that period, 05, 06, and obviously unlucky not to not to pinch one uh, through that through that period under Craigie. But... Um, yeah, great history, isn't it? Through them early 2000s, you know, Adelaide had some great players going around, as did Port Adelaide. So, yeah, but we've got both sides, you know, building really good lists. And the Crows have probably been unlucky not to have maybe another three wins under their belt. But um, I think there'll be a few pretty happy uh, Port Adelaide fans and, and a few happy Port Adelaide coaches without ranking in the side this week. So, um, yeah, it's still, still going to be a cracky game, no doubt. You played in a few finals, Daryl. Where, where does the showdown rate? Just a, a fraction below. There have been some amazing games between the two teams. Yeah, it was a, I mean, obviously, 
you know, we were still out at West Lakes back then, and there was a huge, huge anticipation. The energy around, we used to spend some time at West Lakes Shopping Centre, and the whole western suburbs was where we spent the majority of our lives. So um, there was always great energy wherever you went. And we had some great contests through that period, all through, you know, really from 2000 through to you know, 2007, who we were both going at it, both contenders in finals, and um, had both, you know, both sides had really great players, you know, generational type players, so that really adds to it. And, um, you know, we're seeing two squads now that are, that are coming through, and albeit younger players, they will be generational players on both sides, so that, that adds to another excitement, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Hey, Darryl, just getting back to those six in a row, you played in your first ever six showdowns in, uh, for Port Adelaide. The irony of this is that your first loss against the Adelaide Crows was in 04, and yet you got the held up. You held up a premiership cup at the end of the year. I reckon you would have swapped that for that loss. You've given your time again. Absolutely, buddy. Yeah, it's funny what happens in a, in a premiership year, isn't it? I think we got smacked by Essendon late in that 04 season as well. So. It's amazing what happens in that year, and um, I mean memories flood back, Blighty. I won't don't want to bring up '97, but um, you know with that run at St Kilda, when I was at St Kilda, we had ten in a row running into grand final, and the only team to beat us before that was the Crows at Footy Park. So yeah, it's funny how things happen through the year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You look at Port Adelaide, Daryl. I thought a couple of years ago they might fall off the cliff when you look Westhoff went, um, Hart that went, Robbie Gray, you know, Boke's getting older, Dixon, Jonas, but they've reset their list well, haven't they? You, they pick up Bergman and Williams, Horn Francis, Lockie Jones, Finlayson comes in from another club and all of a sudden they look like they're going to be around the mark for a while. Yeah, and you count Aaliyah Lear in that as well, Wills. He's just been phenomenal. He's, he's you know, you just... That's a very difficult thing to find really top-end midfielders at the right age bracket and then key posts. And, um, you know, Marshall's obviously coming through. He's, he's gone to another level this year. He's always had huge potential. But every one of them guys you, you talk about, Finlayson's added something that I don't think anyone predicted. Um, and then, you know, you, you add talk about generational players. We won't... We won't get ahead of ourselves, but certainly Horn Francis adding to Butters and, and uh, Rosie. Drew is having an outstanding year and he's, I think it's his fourth season, so he's become a real playmaker as well as getting the big jobs. So it's a, it's a list that sort of I don't think so many would have predicted for it to come this far so quickly. But um, it just shows there's a fine line, isn't there? But um, you need to take that potential. As Adelaide have showed at times this year, but, um, yeah, there'll be, be another 20 games under their belt again going into next preseason. Yeah, they will be neat. Uh, just, I mean, you mentioned Aaliyah earlier. I mean, I, I've looked, you know, the history of the game says that y you need one great defender to win a premiership. And uh, we talked about the Geelong Football Club and how great they've been over the journey. And I just couldn't find one when I coached Geelong for those six <laughs> years. But Aaliyah, Aaliyah, just like yourself, Daryl, I mean, you, you need that pillar at the back. Stop one, grab one, stop a good player, set it up. And Aaliyah, Aaliyah looks that player. Yeah, he does, Bloody, and I think you know, he's obviously, he gets challenged at times. They try and drag him back, indeed, but he's got such an amazing ability. 
on, on Saturday night, he was incredible for about a 20-minute period there in that third quarter. He really set the scene and really gave them belief. And you thought, God, how far Port Adelaide here? But he can take that intercept mark. You can't move him off the football. Uh, where he is vulnerable is when they try and drag him back to the last line because he is a such an at-the-ball type player. He can find himself out of position at times, but uh, nine times out of ten, he's just at the ball and intercept and incredible athlete. Yeah, to use the other. Now, on the other hand, I mean, the two outs from Crows, I know they've been pretty lucky with injuries this year, but... Two days out, of course, we know early in the year. Now, Murray, sadly, he was really improving that lad and Rankin. They're two massive outs, aren't they, for the Crows? I, I think genuinely Port Adelaide, on paper, should win it comfortably because of those. They're massive outs. You've got two or three goals gone with Rankin and probably Murray stops two or three. Yeah, you know, a lot of you go back to the showdown at the start of the year. Rankin, Domino, he controlled that game. He set the pace of that game. They tried to get the matchup, but they couldn't get it. They tried Jonas on him, Burn Jones at times. It was, it was just, yeah, he was, he's gone to another level. I don't think, I think a lot of Adelaide fans, I think South Australian fans in general, didn't realise he was the player that he is. So that's a massive out. Murray has been, yeah, he's, he rarely gets beaten. He's a rock solid competitor. I think there'll be a few, uh, Dixon, uh, Marshall, a few of these guys would be pretty happy he's not in side. So, uh, interestingly, they subbed out Butters too on the weekend, whether that was a bit more speed, and I didn't look at it closely enough, but interesting to see how he pulls up. But he's certainly a very good player, And uh, but Murray's a massive out. Daryl Wakeland, I guess. One last one, Daryl. We, we both saw the Port Collingwood game. We both picked Collingwood. I think you picked them by five goals. I picked them by a couple. I didn't think they played their best footy, but they've still found a way to win, and I've seen them play twice against Adelaide and Port Adelaide this year. I feel that if they're both at their peak and they both play in the MCG, are in Collingwood perhaps a, a two-goal better side. I know there's a lot of ifs in that and crystal ball stuff, but they still got the job done, didn't they, without, uh, without necessarily playing great footy? Yeah, they did. They've had a very healthy list, um, I think, Worlds. Whether that goes for another... Um, six to seven weeks this year, um, I think it's going to count for a lot, isn't it? With that, the depth they had through that midfield, um, I, I just think that when you have two midfields like both teams have, they're going to keep coming and they're going to give their forwards an opportunity. And uh, it's pretty scary you're playing down back on either side, really, when their midfields are coming at you like they do. They both can run and carry out a stoppage and they're the most dangerous um, Fields, aren't they? The speed, they run the angles, they put the pressure on the tackler, take on the tackler, and they're elite by foot. So it's pretty scary stuff when you when you're one on one down back and you get it in quick. Thank, thanks for that, Wakes. Uh, should be a great game showdown again. Look forward to calling with you um, in the next week or two. So have a great night, mate. Good on you, boys. Appreciate it. Daryl Wakeland, Premiership fullback for Port Adelaide in 04. Don't forget the FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide. Tantania, visit fifa.com slash tickets. Well, time now to talk to Redbacks coach Jason Gillespie. He's coached all around the world, Blood. It's yeah. an, an amazing career and obviously one of Australia's best and greatest ever bowlers too. This is for tyre power. Winter safety sale on now. 
25% off equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tithes. Tire power, get your free five-minute safety check. Dizzy only arrived back in Australia two or three weeks ago. We saw the first couple of tests. And yes. uh, I want to ask him about Lords. He's played there and all that, uh, well, almost a fight there, wasn't it? Some of the old 85-year-olds taking on the younger cricketers. Dizzy, how are you? Yeah, g'day, Will. Yeah, really good, thanks. Great to speak with you. Um, we found this a fascinating um, test series. It's 2-1. Could have been... Could have been three nil um, England's way. Could have been three nil. Well, perhaps not three nil Australia's way. But um, you were over there for the first couple. You reckon England threw that first test away just by perhaps being a li- little bit lackadaisical? Yeah, that, that's a good observation. And um, yeah, obviously I, I was there, so you know, seeing the game, I was I was commentating on radio uh, for the first test match at Edgbaston. Um, there purely as a spectator, second test, but certainly that first test. England, there was a lot of talk about their declaration and uh, having a little start at Australia just before close. Joe Root on 118, not out. Um, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Had England picked up a couple of quick wickets there, Ben Stokes would have come across as a genius, wouldn't he? Um, but they didn't take the wickets. I think a lot of people are thinking, look, with Joe Root in on 118, not out, you want to make hay and, and get, get your runs in the first innings. Um, I reckon if they had their time again, I think they, they probably would have let Joe Root that on. But, but look, England have come out and said they want to entertain. Um, you know, the results don't matter. You know, this was before the Test Series started. Ben Stokes was quoted saying that. And um, yeah. and now uh, the fourth Test and the Ashes are, are gone for them. Uh, now the results do matter. So not sure which way, um, which way England are thinking at the moment. Tell us about Lords, the history of Lords. It is amazing how when you you go out to bat, you got to you know go upstairs, downstairs, through the the long room, out in the ground. You'd, you'd hate to get a first ball duck; it'd be a long walk back. But what's it like there, Dizzy, to to play at the the great ground? And and what do you make of the? It got a bit ugly, didn't it? It certainly did, and um, you know, very unlike uh, the the members of of the MCC to to behave in that way. That's probably an indication of. You know how important the Ashes is to to supporters and and, and people, I suppose, and and the way um, these two teams have been going at it. It's been a fascinating series so far. Australia got the chockies uh, the first two Test matches. England came back and played really well at Leeds and uh, to win that game, and then obviously to uh, to win at um, Old Trafford or to draw at Old Trafford when England, let's be honest, were, were probably going to win that game, um, and it would have been too all, but. Um, unfortunately, I think England missed up. You mentioned the missed opportunities in the first test. Uh, England certainly missed opportunities in the second test as well with the way they yep. batted and they went pretty hard. But look, the history of, of Lords, I was saying to my tour group that they're going to experience two very different test matches. Edgebaston, very loud, boisterous. The, the Holly stand with the, um, you know, uh, with the Barmy Army and the trumpeter. Uh, all that, and then you get to Lords, and Lords is probably more for the purists. And you know, you, before the first ball of an Ashes Test match, you can hear a pin drop, and uh, and it was a, it was just a very different feel. Both Tests, there was a bit of feeling, obviously, at Lords um, with what went on, you know, the various things that, that went on in that match. Um, but look, it was a, a you know great first two Test matches. You described it like a live golf event and a PGA <laughs> event, didn't you? Between the first and second Test. Oh, most certainly. It was uh, it, it was really I, I'd never experienced uh, you know anything quite like particularly Lords. Lords was much more boisterous than than I've ever encountered. Um, 
but yeah, you're right. The Ed Baston was certainly a live golf event, uh, if you're using a golfing analogy. Um, and uh, Lords was, was probably more the Masters, so it, it was very, very different. Just, Jason, when you sit there watch a game, you know, I mean, you've been a co- obviously a great player, but you've been a coach for a long time. And you're sitting there at the ground and, and you see what the captain's doing on the ground, field placings, bowling changes. And you see Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Australian team, you know, pacing up and down and doing whatever he does with runners or bottles of water or whatever. Do you sit there and say, why, just with yourself, without being demonstrous, but you say, geez, I wish they'd do that. Do you, do you start seeing that or saying that yourself? Uh, there are times and, and certainly... Um you know, there were periods when I was over there sitting in the crowd or sitting up in the commentary box and just thinking, what, what is the what is the planning and strategy they've gone into into these decisions? And you know, certainly there was a lot of comments in the commentary box in that first test when Australia having three four sweepers out from the get go. It really was unusual um, in an Ashes series. It, it, to be absolutely fair to both teams, the surfaces that have been produced have been the most benign cricket surfaces mm. I've seen in the UK in my whole time since travelling yeah. there from the mid-90s. They really offer... They've offered very, very little to the to the fast bowlers. Um, Edge Baston took some, took some twist, took some turn, um, but I, I don't think there's been much for the, for the spin bowlers um, for the rest of the series. Um, it, you know, England made it really clear, Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, they wanted... You know, benign surfaces to allow them to play to bat in the way that they've been talking this whole baz ball thing. Um, I, I, I said before the tournament started or that the series started, and I'll stick to that. I, I think it was to England's detriment to to put those surfaces because I think it, it really nullified James Anderson and, and Stuart Broad to an extent. They're two big gun quicks and Ollie Robinson, um, and I think it actually worked in our favour um, because I, I, I still maintain our, our quicks have, have, have bowled adequately but I think you know Pat if, if Pat was honest with himself um, he probably could have done things a little bit differently with uh, with field placings and because the best way to get wickets rather than purely stemming the flow of runs is to actually you know take wickets and, and have some attacking fielding positions and I just think we've missed a trick on occasions yeah. in that space. Yeah, I yeah, I reckon you're right. I, just, I wouldn't Wokes coming back in for the English has made a hell of a difference. But what about the talk about Warner and Smith? You know, it, it all of a sudden the rumblings are starting on. Well, will they keep playing? Will they go on? Will he get to go say goodbye in the Sydney Warner's test? Warner's denied it. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah, from Smith. Yeah, Warner's denied it. Smith's kept pretty quiet. Um, yeah, Steve Smith's an interesting one. Uh, I, I, I suspect it'll be with very little fanfare. It, it, the time when he decides it's the time that, that he's had enough. Um, I, I think it'll be very, with very little fanfare. David Warner made a big statement saying, ideally, he'd like to get the Sydney Test match next year. And um, Whereas I think Steve Smith, if he decides he's done, he'll, he, he could potentially announce it in the Test match that he's playing in that, look, in a couple of days' time, I'm, I'm announcing my retirement. Um yeah, you know, a bit like what Adam Gilchrist did, um, you know, because I, I, I think, and I've always suspected that if if a if a player comes out and starts talking about retirement um, and saying when they're going to finish, their head's half gone anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm not convinced a player, um, you know, should be given, you know, another year to play and then then I'll retire. I, I think that they are at at the mercy of selection. 
they've got to justify their position. But you know, if a player is talking retirement, they're already thinking about it, and you know, they're not going to be um, playing at their very best. That's just my opinion. Now, in another life, I think everybody would like to come back as Jason Gillespie. You play cricket for Australia, tour the world as a coach. And you've been just about everywhere, man. But uh, He's got a statue too, hasn't he, at Adelaide Oval? Yeah, I'm, I'm the only one here without a statue. I, I've, all I do is polish one. That's yeah, that's, in yeah. yeah, that's lovely. I, Jason, apparently Dave is doing a good job on both our statues. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of him, yeah. Well, bloody, we're, in the, we're, we're members of the Bronze Aussie Club, aren't we? So, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> now, now I've now I've forgot my question. No, no, I'll, no, I'll, no I haven't. No, I'll, I'll just interrupt by saying, just going back to local now, we spoke yep. to Ryan Harris uh, a couple of weeks ago, mate, with the announcement yep. that he'll be coming to help you. I, I was going to ask you with the Redbacks and also the Strikers. I mean, I mean, you've been a great bowler. Will he actually just take the bowlers or in conjunction with you? So, how will that work? How, how does yep. Jason Gillespie and Ryan Harris work together with the group that you've got? Yeah, so look, I've I've basically been been a head coach my whole coaching career, Blighty. So I I've done I've I've dabbled in bits of bowling coaching and and being an assistant coach, but but basically I've been the been the um, head coach in in all the um, the teams I've been involved in, um, and I'm very uh, when it comes to working with support staff, you know I, I want I want our players to know that I, that our coaching staff have my complete and utter backing. Um, you know, Ryan is the, is the lead bowling coach, so you know he he, he will lead that, um, and I'm there to support him as as head coach. Um, obviously, I've got bowling experience, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll lend that as we see fit. And you know, I, I try to I'm trying to be more hands on with the, you know, with with our bowlers and batters. Um, you know, this this pre season and, and going into this season, I'm looking to be more hands on. Um, but certainly, Ryan as the lead bowling coach, you know, it's that. You know the, the bowlers are his baby, so to speak, and and I'm there to support him. And um, and look, as as with coaching, uh, you all help each other out uh, where you can. I've actually been spending a lot of time with our fast bowlers, um, with our bowlers on their batting this winter. So um, you know, trying to get it, you know, get more volume into them um, because you know we know that bowlers. It's really interesting. The statistics show that you know in Shield cricket from batters 8 to 11, they cop twice as many bounces and they get bowled twice as often as the top six. So we've put a real specific focus on those two areas of, uh, of our lower order batters uh, work on in the, in the winter and it's been going really well. Just about a minute left, uh, Jason. Uh, the strikers, um, some doubt about whether Rashid Khan comes to Adelaide and how are you looking with your squad there? Yeah, look, look, really happy with the squad that, that we're coming out. We've, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll come out with some, uh, you know, with some information about about all that. We've got the draft. So we're, we're just putting some plans in place for the draft at the start of September. Regarding Rash, look, we're, we're obviously we'd love to have Rash back. Um, we just need to make get some clarity on his availability. Um, there are other tournaments that we are as a, as the BBL competing with um, for space and and for overseas talent. So. We just need to make sure that we can get our ducks in a row and uh, present a case. And, uh, you know, look, we'd all love to see Rashid Khan back uh, in the BBL. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see on his availability. Thanks for the chat, Dizzy. I do feel left out without the statue, but always <laughs> nice to speak to you. Uh, great to speak to you both. Thank you very much. Dizzy Gillespie there, coach of the Redbacks and also the Strikers. Interesting question with the 
Rhino's predominantly a bowler, can bat a bit, but Dizzy oversees it. Yep. Oh, it's interesting actually getting some lower order batsmen, bowlers, just to spend a bit more time in the nets, which is good. Just hope we get a bit more success with the red back strikers. I I think it's always up and down, although the Scorchers and the Sixers have been two dominant sides in in the Big Bash. A FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide, Tantania. Visit fifa.com slash tickets. And very quickly, you, Brad Scott, Chris Scott again. What yeah, an effort. Yeah, 305 games is uh, in front of the great Reg Hickey. So what a great effort for Chris Scott and a wonderful winning ratio, 68.75. How good's that? What's the best? Is, is That's he's the best. Best ever. Best ever. That's coached for over that length of time. Over 100 games. Well, yours must have been pretty good too. Grand finals, I think 10 grand finals. Not quite as good as that. 61 or 62, I think. So it's pretty good. Anyhow, oh, yeah, but... Coaching five and 11 years wasn't bad. Yeah. Right. Anyhow, that's yep. it for us. FIFA Women's World Cup, as I said, arrived in Adelaide. Uh, visit fifa.com slash tickets. Malcolm Blight and David Wildy. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Blighty between six and seven. A full show tomorrow. Bye for now. Bye, David.